Dice Advice. We are a tabletop and role-playing podcast where we take your questions, quandaries, tales of valor and debauchery, and we digest them and bring them back to you. I'm not your normal host. I'm Zabul, and I'm taking over for right now as our current host is missing in action. However, with me, I'm joined by some great friends. I'm John. I'm Brad. And it looks like that's all is joining us tonight. So you guys ready? Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. What? I'm here. I'm here. We're here. We're here. Hey, hey. Where, hey, where, sorry. Where the, where the fuck were you guys come from? Sorry, we're late. What happened? I, well, I had to pick up Harry. Yeah. Harry? Sometimes when your llama's shitting kumquats, you, you gotta respond with, with the appropriate reaction. And I got swept away in the momentum. Oddly enough, that's super, super apt description of what happened. Uh, but, As a yeah. non-llama owner, I'm going to take your word for that. It happens all the time. It's pretty common. <laughs> it's pretty common. The comquats. Um, I started selling them on YouTube uh, for a while. I'd leave links oh. below. I'd say, hey, my llama shitting comquats. If you want to buy one, you know, <laughs> there's this cat, you know, it shits beans and people brew its coffee. So ah. I started feeding my llama laxatives and kumquats. And then <laughs> before I knew it, kumquat city. And, you know, I'm, I'm wearing my moccasins. It's actually what I had to put in my GPS to go pick him up with kumquat city. <laughs> kumquat city. Yeah. Yeah. So it he, sounds like uh, CR has a new sponsor. Yeah, I'm pretty sure my boss is going to be GPS in that van pretty pretty heavy now. Yeah, he he saved the yeah. day with that one. The jack. <laughs> but yeah, what do we miss, guys? Anything? Well, um, I took in over your job. You're now fired. Um, uh, so that being said, uh, we're well, really a monkey could do it. That's true. That's true. Yeah, <laughs> I'll just eat granola over here instead. Gotcha. Not, really the, not the crunching. Out. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Well, loosen your Birkenstocks, folks. We've got a show for you. Oh, yeah. As always, <laughs> we're going to dive right in. So the first question comes from Ayo Dino, found on Reddit Weekly Question Thread. A legitimate source? What first, are you doing? As what are you compared doing? Compared to our other you... legitimate sources that are never <laughs> pretend? Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. That. Reference sources. Yes, yes. yeah. I mean, like a published source, like a like a. Uh... <laughs> yes, well, well, I don't understand what you mean. Are all of our sources <laughs> well, published? Well, mm. Jesse, considering that I have a journalistic background, I have to keep this very legit. Mm. Um, I see. I see. What are you doing to my show? <laughs> it's called professionalism. Reddit? <laughs> Reddit. 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 Fired, y'all. Reddit is the back page of the internet. It's called class. Yeah, but uh, if y'all want to hit us up on that subreddit, it's our backslash the seller lore. If anybody wants to start it. Yeah, we're on it. <laughs> so the question reads as such. I just started my first campaign with my buddies. I chose a high elf wizard who specializes in illusion. Whenever I use minor illusion to create an image or distract someone, my DM requires me to roll a performance check every time. As someone who picked a wizard, I made my charisma lower, but now I rock. 
ironically, it seems to be the most important feature. It's honestly taking some of the fun away, and I was just wondering if my DM is correct in treating my illusions in this manner, or if the enemy should be rolling investigation checks instead. Now, to add to this question, though, guys, I also want you guys to think about this. Should DMs require skill checks that are not described in the spell description? Um, if, if not, you know, why? What do, what's your thoughts on that? And when does this become unfair or fair for both the players and the DM? Wow. I mean, talk about a thin line to walk between those two worlds of... I think there's a there's a time and a place for everything, and uh, with, and this is a very delicate situation where the player needs to be aware that some spells are going to be charisma based. Some are wisdom, intelligence, and charisma based, and it varies depending on the spell, what the background is of the spell user, and like me, me being a tiefling, the character I play in Companions. Um, I use charisma in order to use uh, darkness or anything like that. I use charisma as a modifier. So it's not as if the DM is in left field just picking out, I need to see a performance for a whim. It's like uh, he's still playing along with the rules. I mean, Harry, can I ask you one question real quick on that? Of course. So if you are a charisma based caster and you're casting, darks right mm -hmm. what if i made you do a perception check to tell you how dark that is or how dark you can make it i mean but how dark i that does that seems irrelevant because no 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 not how, how dark how you dar make it but how, not how dark you perceive it but how dark you can make it be but i mean in order for me to perform a darkness spell or cantrip something along those lines it, I, I would imagine it's for the performance of it more than the effectiveness of it. See, I disagree, honestly, because if this, if this wizard can mm -hmm. cast illusion magic, these, these spells have, you know, a, a time frame or a casting time. They have the components and they have the description and that's it. You, I don't think that you have to, you, you know, with a fireball or a magic missile, you don't have to, roll an attack the magic missile just hits your opponent mm -hmm. i don't think it's fair for the dm to make you like roll a, a performance check to do just some silly flavor <laughs> thing with your illusion magic like mm -hmm. it is what it is why why would you have to perform that you just you're casting it you're casting it and it happens i think if any check i i feel like just a general arcana check would make more sense just to see mm. how well the spell was cast, how believable it is. Mm -hmm. But I think I think Dot touched on something there. If the spell doesn't specifically require a check, it seems a little out of the way to do such if it's not required. If it's not necessary to do a, a saving throw or something along those lines, it's like any other attack, you wouldn't need that to require i need mm -hmm. to show that you fainted before you attacked with your sword like no mm -hmm. you don't ever need to see that either you hit or you didn't and if it doesn't require extra then it doesn't require extra mm -hmm. i think we all agree on that concept actually guys i think we all agree that if the rules um say that it's not a check that the check is not needed then adding it makes it 
unnecessarily challenging and not it's just not fair i, um, I can get down with that can i just but, jump in real quick because i think of course the only thing that i can even devil's advocate out of this like mm-hmm. I, I totally think this is bullshit but let's just say it was a bard character like mine or something and mm-hmm. it was uh, it was to pull off like some greater deception and he used this minor illusion in a way that was kind of I, I, I can see the I can see a situation occurring where a, a performance check was needed, but I can't I, see it being every time. I can definitely agree with you on that, actually. Right. And I was going to you just took my point. I was going to make. Oh, my I'm sorry. Hey, way to go. Hey, he's the host now. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, he's the he's captain now. You want to yeah, look be at me? Best look at me. Gotta, I'm the captain. You want to be the best? You got to be the best, baby. All right, man. Well, that's not going to be that hard. So, <laughs> wow. That being yeah. said, <laughs> yeah, it's getting spicy tonight. I was going to eat a little bit of, so. of this humble pie over here. Uh, <laughs> counter going with what Jesse said, he makes a good point. Um, if you guys were playing, if Jesse was telling me he wanted to use a minor illusion to create a figure of person and then throw his voice as a bard, that would require a skill check. But that's but, not from the basic spell. Yeah, I, just, I, I would I, like I, to circle back to there's a time and a place for everything, and that's the nuance of it. Is that the actual? I think your 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 example is is right on the money because that's a great example of let's see if this works versus uh, it's it's more of a roll of the dice versus mm-hmm. a skill set that I have. I, I don't know. I, I think it's messed up that that DM's pushing this character that way. It's yeah, it's riding. Doc, what were you gonna say, man? I'm sorry, oh, Eric. No. That's cool. I think it, it just to me it seems preposterous that you're gonna cast a spell and have to roll a performance check. Like you cast the illusion spell and you make a fucking flame or you know uh, whatever something that is within the parameters of the spell. The the target of a spell or, or whoever you're trying to deceive, I think, mm-hmm. should have to roll investigation or perception or, or some sort of wisdom check to see if they can see through the illusion. Like yeah. I think that's and that's and that's pretty and that, that's in the spell description. established. Uh the in the spell description it says that if somebody wants to disbelieve the, the illusion, they have to roll an investigation check to make sure it's sound. Yeah. And so I think it it just to me seems kind of ridiculous vindictive yeah could you guys think of any situation maybe the players are reaching for something or maybe the players are trying to use a spell in a way that's not meant to be where the dm could use a different skill check to allow that player to do that making it more fair if they're using an illusion to make a performance yeah, if they're using illusion magic to add to their playing of a lute or, you know, singing a sea shanty or something and or or appear to be someone different. Uh, like yeah. I, I I'm you know, I'm that's, yes, that's I'm yes, point. I'm the baron. I look like the baron and I'm waltzing into his chambers. That's the time for a, a performance check. So essentially you're using the illusion spell as a disguise kit. For your performance. Exactly. I don't really see many other times to call that. And I think it's every DM is going to do it differently, but you have to yeah. react to it, the situation, not make a blanket call for the rest of all eternity. That this yeah, is but I think be... the shitty part is the DM has uh, m- more than likely seen this 
player's character sheet, right? Exactly. Yeah, wisdom exactly. or charisma mm-hmm. is really low for this that's character. Where, that's but where then I'm making them from. to do the check, you know? It so, feels vindictive almost. Like, yeah, oh, you want to yeah. oh, you want to play a wizard, huh? So like this is what I was talking about earlier when I was trying to give Harry that example. I was like, you know, Harry, you're using a you're a charisma caster, so I know let's say you're weak in wisdom. So I want you to do a perception check every time you cast darkness to make sure you're making it dark enough that way it's blinding everybody. I see what you're saying. I got you. Yeah, yeah, they're setting you up for failure. The DM is setting this player up for failure, I think. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think it's wrong. Um, and maybe the DM was taught wrong because, you know, sometimes people weren't taught, you know. And eh, don't give them the excuses. <laughs> well, the DM's about- a grown adult. They can make their own decisions. Hey, but they didn't put I- their ages here. I don't Maybe it's a nine-year-old. <laughs> and the way you interpret things is uh, very, you know, personal and private. So... The way I interpret it might be different than the way someone else does. Yeah. Well, host, some- host, can we touch on the on the other part? When does it become unfair or fair for both of them? Yeah. Like, I, I mean, when? I mean, this the this clearly kind of seems unfair to me. Oh, definitely unfair. I, I agree. But what's the line about that? Like, I mean, the skill check that's not describing the spell. I think that's situational. I mean, I think yeah. that DM has every right to ask for a percept or a performance check when that's cast if it makes sense. Right. Your intent is not to put a roadblock in front of the player. Your intent is to take the situation that you're given. And if it some sort of skill would be needed, like or some sort of element of probability is inherent in that situation, then that's when you introduce the rolling of the dice, right? We kind of touched on this last week uh, or last episode. Like you have to, the DM has to be a, a good judge of that. If the situation, you know, warrants some sort of injecting of probability. That's when you roll the dice, right? Or you need to understand yeah. when mean, like, is good or not. For I mean, example, not- if you guys were to say, I want to use mage hand to pick a lock. I would require a series of skill checks for that. Right. Can you lock Does the spell work? Right. I would probably, I would use hand. constitution, a uh, concentration. A, a, you know, a concentration check because that's going to take a lot of intense concentration. And then, do you have the mental? Like, do you know how to pick a lock? So you're gonna have to do the the lock, the the, the stealth check yourself to pick the lock, assuming you have a you know the kit. <laughs> yeah, but, but in this instance, your mage hand is just an extension of your own abilities. It's not like a cor- incorporeal spirit that all of a sudden is the skills of a twenty level rogue. You know? No, and that's what I'm saying. That's why I said it's gonna have to. It's gonna make. A, but it's gonna have a. That's where I'll require like there's additional skill checks for, right. with that. And that makes hand. sense. I think what the DM needs to step back and kind of think of is, are these additional rules, and this would apply in any case, are these additional rules making the game more interesting or more fun? If yeah. no, toss it. Yes, Stop. Go with it. Or the caveat here, since what Soul said is, is adding these rules or checks or whatever, allowing something to circumvent other rules to make something interesting or fun happen. Mm. True. True. Yeah. Mm. Does, mm. So that maybe that's that. a little bit of context. Like maybe this group is better when they have this failure kind of element and overcome it. But, but we didn't get that context, I guess. Right. But, that they might've needed a roadblock. The way well, it I reads, think... the way it reads is like adversarial to me. Like I, yeah. it's yeah. DM it does versus come off players. that way. It There's doesn't sound ways. practical. There's better ways to put a roadblock in front of a player than to make to to do it in this way that feels like you said, 
uh, Jesse, adversarial, like the, like they're, the DM is playing against you. And I like what you're saying, Brad, too. Like, that's a great way to play. If it is going to be an interesting element to the progress the story, fuck the rules. Throw the rules out the window. Throw the dice rolls out the window. RP it. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Like if, it, if it's fun and it's going to be an interesting like element Moment, to this story, yeah. let it go. I That's yep. what I say. Yep, yep. I agree. So awesome. uh, I think we have a pretty good consens- uh, consensus. I think, Brad, you summed it up really well. You know, is it taking away from the game? Is it adding to the game? Is it adding to the fun? Or is it, you know, making it, you know, more balanced? I think that was pretty perfect there. And on balance, that leads us right into the next question. Hmm. A friend of ours, Derek, from Rolling Misadventures, uh, proposed these really cool questions to us. Min-max players, do you allow it? If so, how do you keep it from ruining the experience for other players? Also, how do you get non-RP-style players to branch out and embrace their characters? Damn. And thank you, Derek. Yeah, thank you, great questions. Yes. Uh, yeah, I'll I'll jump in for a second. I, I I know we've touched on min max before. I don't think we went into it like in any level of detail. But min max is is it's it, not for me especially, and I kind of think across the board we're not really for it. Um, but that's not really the question. I guess the question is how do you allow it, and if so, how do you keep it from ruining it? I will take my opportunity. I'm going to use my time again to play contrarian. I guess uh, I. I do enjoy a min-max character. I I didn't really play that many of them, but when I played the rogue fighter combo of uh, Kate Ashworthy, I had a lot of fun. When stuff hit and it hit well, it was amazing. So I, I get the I get the allure, but I think overall as a player, I enjoy struggling to make things happen more than I do automatic success. And I don't really have too much experience dealing with players that were trying to min max at my table. I do have, I do have plenty of experience playing with those players and that's not much fun. <laughs> I completely agree with you. I'm actually curious. So John, I min max my character for your campaign uh, that you, that we started. How'd you feel about that? Well, hold on, though, because you're you're kind of you're kind of uh, the exception to the rule, I think <laughs> we, 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 can, we can still talk about it. But, but I, I want to throw that out there first. You're kind of the exception to the rule. I'm reclaiming my time. I'm reclaiming my time. <laughs> <laughs> Senator, Senator, if, if I may, let me finish. Let me finish. I do think you do a good job of role playing in general, which is why your thing works. But I'll let I'll let John bounce back in about how he felt about it. I just wanted to throw that out there. Um, well, I think this is kind of, kind of bleed into my opinion on this question in general. I think men maxing is totally fine. Um, having a flaw is really good storytelling, you know, just from like the basic storytelling 101, like characters need flaws because nobody's perfect. And the flaws are kind of a, a source of a lot of conflict, a lot of internal conflict and a lot of what drives characters and what motivates them to achieve or move forward in their own storylines and, and, you know, go through their change arcs. Um, and so I think flaws are very important, i.e. giving your wizard, uh, you know, 
wisdom of seven or something because you're maxing out intelligence. It's a dump stat, right? The, the, those are really basic flaws that we do as char when we're character when we're doing character creation. Basic flaws are using a dump stat, and we know a fighter doesn't need to be intelligent. So dump intelligence and put shit into strength and dex, right? Or con strength and con. Um, that that's one way to give your character a flaw, but there are other ways to to give your characters flaws in RP, right? It doesn't necessarily have to be mechanical. I think if a player chooses to min max and like sits down and calculates everything out and tries to give that point array the best possible distribution, you know, and it takes advantage of the resources that that you have in character creation to set up a character who's going to be a badass. I think that's totally fine. You're using the rules to your advantage. The DM's going to use the rules to their advantage um, as you play the game. So I think I really commend people for doing that. But when you say min-max, is there a connotation to it, right? When you're saying min-max, are you saying a person that doesn't really enjoy the game other than for like just being a meat stick? I'm going to go in one more and add a little layer to this just to kind of flush this question out real quick. Okay. So generally speaking, when we think of min-max, the first, the first uh, if there were tiers of min-maxing, so to speak, the first tier um, would be optimizing your character which I think every player does that. You utilize yeah. dump taps, you make your character the best fighter they can be. Um, however, when you get into your higher tiers of min-maxing, I think that's kind of what this is alluding to, which is where you create, for example, you use rules and you overlay different sources to create pretty much essentially a character that can do everything. Yeah. And... Uh, for example, you know, if you were to make, I'm trying fifth edition. I'm not an expert in. Uh, uh, Coffee Lock is one of, or is or was one of the biggest like game break. Which one was know? that? Coffee Lock. It was basically mm -hmm. um, abusing only using short rests and how spell points didn't go away if you didn't take a long rest. It was a long mm -hmm. string of things you basically had to do that was just uh. stupid. Yeah. Ooh. We have to have like that was fifth edition, a fifth. Yeah, it was one of the few builds that like you could really break the game with, other than uh, spell storing rings and stuff like that. Yeah, like your paladin who does a lot with smiting that that's not min maxing, that's doing the job what it's supposed to design to do. That's, that's yeah. utilizing the character, that's optimizing your character. Their paladins are supposed to use smites to kill things. Yeah. There is one thing that I've seen uh, that I can usually use to tell when somebody's trying to be good at something versus trying to completely min-max. Uh, more so mm -hmm. on like Facebook discussion groups or Discord. Mm -hmm. It's when somebody starts having to pull out um, abusing either rules as written or rules as interpreted mm -hmm. to justify mm -hmm. their position. Ah, uh, yeah. That's a good... That's a really Damn, good um, observation, man. Like, again, yeah, you, you pulled these things out. That's awesome. Like, our I, I can our totally get sage. that. Resident <laughs> Sage. I could totally get that. Like, a player is trying to min max, and you can tell because they're not just going along with 
the DM's calls. They're like, he brought oh, no, no, no. On player's handbook, page 72, it clearly states, blah, blah, blah. You know? Rules lawyer. Rules lawyers. Well, I mean, I will say. Lawyer, the, rules lawyer's got a, he's got a, he's a got a leg to stand. He's got a leg to stand on. I feel there's like a place this, there. This, guy, but, this guy's, this guy's bending it. He's a, yeah. He's bending those laws. I like, so the way I, the way I approach these situations when I want to try to do something that I don't really n- know is necessarily um, acceptable. I'm always like, Hey, so would you consider this or would you interpret it at, at, in this way? If I try to do this as my character or whatever. And then, I, you know, we take the DM's word when the DM so, makes a call, they make a call. I have another example. This is you guys have played 3.5, correct? Oh yeah. A little yeah, bit with very you. Very briefly. Years so ago. in 3.5, the way diplomacy was handled was very differently than 5th edition. They had a set chart. So if you scored, uh, if you rolled 10 points above, or you rolled 25 points, if you rolled X amount of points above, you can get somebody from your worst enemy to become your best friend with diplomacy. Dude, I, I seriously remember this because I think Jesse yep. played Tannis Silvertongue. <laughs> yeah. Wasn't there a whole, like, the, I don't know if it was official or a third party class, like a diplomacer? Like, that, it was an actual. I was third like, party. Okay. Um, but, however, romancer. however, there was a build that by, I believe it was fifth or sixth level, you could have a consistent role of 25 to 30. So you would never so all you had to do is walk around and talk to people to beat, the game, yep. to beat the game. Can you give me that? Thanks. <laughs> yeah. And so it was it was an totally horribly you couldn't fight with the class, you couldn't, you know, cast spells with the class because it required a lot of multi-classing, a lot of really weird speed uh feet optimization. You had to be a half elf. But if you did everything, if you picked all these weird combinations, you would pretty much by the time I think it was like your fifth or ninth level, you could be rolling. You'd be consistently beating any monster just by talking your way out of it. I'm so- going to equate this to like this is those people on Xbox Live playing Halo 2 with like <laughs> all of the fucking like cheat codes and shit where they're flying everywhere and all this stuff. Oh, I thought like, you were talking about the people that were playing like on blenders. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I was, I was straight you know, up going there too, but you're like changing the game so drastically for what, to what end is it, is, is it enjoyable for you to do this? Is it enjoyable yeah. for you to min max a character so much that you don't even have to play the game by the rules to win it or what it, it quote unquote winning. What is winning for you anymore? It, right? Like depending on what having you're having fun. For. Depending on what you're compensating for, it could be a great time. Yeah, but (laughs) but let's let's go to what Derek's asking for about how do we stop that dude from ruining the game? Like, let's say that guy's rolling that class. You allowed the class. It's already too late. How do you stop him from fucking up everybody else's fun? Well, you're the DM. You are God. You can pretty much make up the rules as you go. They don't need to know anything. Going back to I don't know if we've really said this recently, but we probably have. Um, oh yeah <laughs> just have the discussion talk uh yeah, it's, a, the conversation's got to happen just say look I, this isn't working would you mind adjusting if not yeah. you know i'm gonna have to adjust 
specifically to your character. It's not going to make it not fun for everybody else. I'm with you. I'm with you. You might have to have that confrontation. Yeah. Or otherwise it's going to be really difficult. I would like to ask a question of the question in, in the way of um, what is a min max character? And that's fair. We're talking about taking the minimum amount of resources and maximizing that now within the rules and that are printed in black and white. So does, are you a villain for taking less and making more and, and versus, and and you're doing what's best for you and your character. It's like, there's a, there's a line that you have to maintain. I think a, a boundary line between where you're fighting for your position it's dark. I think I have advantage. Let's just, let's use advantage as an example. It's dark out. I think I have advantage. The DM doesn't think I have advantage. You know, for whatever reason, we're going back and forth. Of course, you have to fight for your position, but you also have to balance that with the DM has the final say. So, um, and and you don't want to hand the DM weapons either. So I don't. I think <laughs> min max thing. I think it's meant to be. I don't. Me personally, I don't think it's anything to be ashamed of. I think you should be proud of min-maxing a character. But I think it's important, too, what are you playing for? Are you playing to make a badass boss character? Or are you playing to make a realistic fantasy character that, let's say, uh, Lance Armstrong gets cancer and he still wins the Tour de France? We love the hero. (laughs) Oh, the he wasn't playing dirty. by the rules, though. Funny thing. No, he was just no playing one. a min-max character using he, was, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he had one less. <laughs> oh, that's no good. That's, sorry, Lance. That's hey, no good. He put a lot of he put a lot of points in deception, but not quite enough. <laughs> yeah, show me in the player's handbook where we can add the uh, blood doping skill to our character. Who you wasn't blood doping and who still isn't these days? You. You piece of shit. It's not safe to not blood dope and do the Tour de France, from what I've come to understand. <laughs> the Tour de France is a, it's just, oh, never mind. Oh, anyway, they got to him. They got to Harry. They, they brainwashed him. <laughs> the government shill. I know, I know. But politics aside, it's like the hero's journey is beautiful because it's the story of overcoming and triumph. So if you just play a barbarian ogre and On you're. Steroids. Right, exactly. <laughs> you're, you're Bane. It's it's nowhere near as exciting as a barbarian half elf, who like you're rolling the dice to see if this guy lives or dies. There's a lot more on the line, so it's going to make for a more original, authentic, uh, nail biting adventure versus stakes. exactly the stakes are higher. Yeah, I do want to. I do want to say. I think we might miss the best part of the question if we if we glaze over it. The last yes. part. Right. I agree. I'll let you take it, man. You're the you're the host today. <laughs> no, I think Jesse hits it, it. The best part of the question, I think, which I think Jesse highlighted, was the second half, which is how do you get non RP style players to branch out and embrace their characters? Fuck and yeah! I think that's been a question that's been asked since the beginning of D anD. D. It's almost like its own question, actually. Actually, yeah. I mean, I I think. I think I'll, I'll tie I'll tie them together. The min-max character alone is not a villain, Harry. No. However, however, it goes quite a long way to forgive that kind of dickishness that comes along with that if you can get into the RP. 
if your character is built like a brick shit house and you don't have anything wrong with him, there's no flaws. He's just built beautifully. People will still want to play with you as long as you're RPing with them and you don't steal all of the thunder. Like if you let them do their thing, if you use your turn to assist another player, if you create openings, people will still yeah. want to play with you. Be a team but, player. But how do we get that guy who doesn't want to do any of that shit and he just wants to run the show to 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 cooperate, like build on something? That's that's really tough. I want to come in and sell. Like a, I'm sorry, I didn't mean that. That sounds more like a mindset than an actual yeah. issue yeah. of the player problem. Right. Well, yeah, but I mean, is it, is it as simple as kick the player out, or can we can we get that player to do something like? Well, that's like a more broader question, right? You're not like this may be just a symptom, but we, you, you you're talking True. about like True. how to deal with a with a um, problematic player. That's a real I guess broad. I, I guess I worked. I guess I worked the question. Yeah, I found a comparison for that, and I want to say it's mindset versus capability. I do want to uh, really commend Saul back to Allegius because that character may have been min-maxed, but you used a flaw that he had. He had low intelligence, and you and you played, you RP'd that character as if he had low intelligence. Like you just didn't think about anything. The character <laughs> made no plans, just uh, acted. Reacting, you know, yep. Yeah, just just basically on emotion or, you know, shoot from the hip. Like that was the way that, and then that got him into trouble, you know? And I think that's a great way. We're still probably trying to kind of uh, deflecting from the real, the real question, which is how to get, how to get characters to RP. I, um, I think it comes, I'll, I'll take a bite. I'll take a bite of this. I think it comes down to DM skill level as far as can I RP comfortably and can I do it in such a way that it invites others to join me? Like play mm -hmm. with, play yeah. with me in this space guys. Yeah. Like it, it, am I creating an environment that's welcome? Like that's welcoming. Am I, mm. um, am I giving you the type of detail that I want to see you give me? I, I don't know. Leading by example. Or, or am I, am I, am I putting on a silly voice and just like making it seem like it's all a big joke? Cause then if, you, if I do that, tango. It's a lot easier for you to skim over it if I'm like, and I say, you know, if you're not taking it a little bit seriously, neither are they. I'm going to space out and go. I love what you just said, Jesse. Thank I'm going to space out and go abstract as I tend to do. And um, I think the answer to that question is love. I think you approach oh the situation with, <laughs> with your feelings, I almost, man. I almost spit my your drink. Feelings, it was love the whole time. The whole time, man. I feel like we had it. We had it all along, but it's one of those things of like, um, if you can convey to someone, like you, like I love what Jesse said about uh, providing a space to play, and let have feeling free enough to play along in a serious way, and not in a buffoonish way. And if you can play along, and have feel like you're safe in a in a quote unquote safe space to play along. I think um, you can tell someone, and if you're leading by example, I can tell you with love that, like you guys, you know, I just I just thought of a great example. But you can, what what I was getting to was that you can convey to someone that, like, hey, we're all playing together, we're having fun, but we want you to join us uh, on a different level. 
And when you guys, uh, for example, when you guys spoke to me about, um, it was a few dice advices ago, and you spoke to me personally about um, offline, of course, about uh, intimidation and RPing about it more versus uh, doing the technical side of I rolled X, Y, and Z, and that's why I can behave in this manner. And uh, the when you explained your philosophies about act the role and then take the results later, like yeah. that changed yep. my that changed my whole philosophy on RPing. And it's the same thing, but also it's because you guys have led by example and because you came from a place of love. So it's like, and we also had, we have room to, to play. We have room, we have a safe space to get into character and to be silly and to be serious and to be different than ourselves. So it's, 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 uh, it's, it's beautiful. And I think if you can express to someone who isn't exactly uh, getting with the program for lack of a better term, it's like be, be as advanced or simple as you'd like to be, but show up to play. And these are the rules to play. And a part of that is us playing together. And uh, to play together nicely, we have to set boundaries. And I, I don't think there's anything wrong with saying uh, we you want must, you to. You must be this open to ride. Yeah, yeah we need you to be open. This, this amount of, yeah. I do want to clarify one tiny thing just because I kind of think I misspoke a little bit with the, with the silly voice thing. Nothing gets me more comfortable than a DM who's doing bad voices. So like, <laughs> I don't want to say like, if you're doing a bad voice for an NPC, that's a bad thing. If you're doing like purposefully, like this is a joke game type voice. That's kind of what I was going for. So like, I, I don't know if I think if the DM is in, involved in interacting and RPing, he is inspiring that in his players. And if the players don't take the bait, that's kind of on them. So I mean, bad voices. Is that why you like playing with me? <laughs> it doesn't hurt. I, I have uh, kind of two responses to this line of discussion. And the first would be that I think one of the best ways in my mind to get people involved in RPing is just as the DM asking the player to describe their action yes what do you like what does it look like when you attack this character or what does it look like when you throw your grappling hook and uh, out the window and <laughs> like yeah. are you going you know what are you doing right um and but the second thing it would be something that really cool that i've heard on some other actual play podcasts that i've been listening to recently fuck them oh. <laughs> <laughs> sorry no and the dm like seeing the role and it'd be a good role and then a rewarding the players by letting them describe what happens. Like if they get a critical success, yes. Like you tell me how you were able to jump this span of five feet across a burning pit and uh, whatever I'm referencing yes. times and daddies, but <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, you know, you're you, he's using these successful roles as a reward to the players to tell, you know, to describe what they're doing because I mean, they're all storytellers, you know, they're they're writers by their profession, but in a game where we're sitting around the table with, you know, our buddies from work or or whatever, um if if you know that they 
if you you have a player you're trying to goad into doing RP, I think you should give that to him more frequently. But if you got a player who's like really into it and and is really um, excited about you know all of the narrative uh, play that you can have, mm-hmm. like give that to them as a reward too. Like you got a critical success. What does it look like? You're like a fucking superhero. You 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 rolled well and it happened. Tell me how it happened. Like, and it can be anything, you know, that's what's great about it. Like it doesn't need to be edited at all by the DM because you rolled a critical success. Whatever action you wanted to do happened. Tell me how it happened. And I think I that. that that's my like two responses to this, how to that. get and people in that are really kind of shy. And then also how to keep people engaged who are already into it. And I think you guys made some great commentary on this. I think you guys are spot on engagement, being comfortable, being active and being rewarding. I think those are great points. Um, And I think that sums up everything you guys were saying. Thank you, Derek. Um, Woo. Good question. dude. You know, everybody go check his stuff out. Awesome guy. Awesome stuff. Woohoo. This time on homebrew items. Do they suck or are they rad? The item we'll be identifying today is a tool that every adventurer would need. Advanced Adventurer Backpack. The backpack is a central pouch and two side pouches. The backpack with its original contents weighs 30 pounds. Any extra weight added to it increases its weight accordingly. Large central pouch will hold its contents plus two cubic feet of gear not exceeding 100 pounds. The backpack has very limited amount of magic. There is a small pocket dimension that will help it hold more than what it appears to hold, but the extra items cannot exceed two cubic feet and cannot exceed 100 pounds of extra weight. Any breathing creature placed inside can breathe for three minutes before the air is out and they will suffocate. Items with extra dimensional space that is placed inside this backpack will destroy both items. Oh. If any item in- <laughs> if any item included with this kit are missing from the kit for longer than seven days, it will automatically resupply itself in one die six days after the first seven. The backpack is extraordinary tough and has a plus ten and advantage to rolls for its destructions. Items placed inside do not magically appear on top, but must be searched for. One die, three rounds are needed for this. The two side pouches are not in themselves magical. So, Damn. what do you guys think? Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask answer your question with a question: Whose tongue, whose butthole do I have to tongue, and where do I get one of these backpacks <laughs> from? <laughs> because All holy right. shit, a hundred <laughs> pounds weighs like thirty. Does all the wheels, deals, and tricks? I mean, holy fucking shits. Well, I mean, this is this is a this is a the as a homebrew item, the original author uh said it was a common wondrous item. Um, so it's it is common. It is I mean, it's a 70 pound advantage. Once you subtract the 30 natural weight of just having the backpack, you get a 70 pound advantage. It, to my in my mind, I don't know what you guys are thinking as you interpret it. Like, do you get the 100 pounds inside the backpack or do you only because you still have to take the 30 pounds of your carrying weight, right? No, no matter what's in it, it weighs 30 pounds. Right. Uh, it, and oh, everything, 
but okay, hundred pounds has to be limited to a hundred pounds. Hundred pound advantage. You get an extra hundred pounds in two cubic feet in that pocket dimension, right? Mm -hmm. So it sounds to me that it's uh, it'll hold up to it'll weigh at most one hundred and thirty pounds because you weighs thirty, you can add a hundred pounds into it in that two cubic feet of magical space, right? But then there's an, a second pocket dimension that has an additional two cubic feet and a hundred pounds. Well, right. Well, it yeah. cannot exceed 100 pounds. Well, let's go. Let's go here, too, though. It weighs 30 pounds with everything listed, which is a crazy amount of stuff, which we don't yeah. really need to get into. Normally, normally, normal adventuring gear, basically. All of I don't stuff. like that, the size. That actually brings uh, kind of my I don't know what this says about me, but my first thought is I wonder, you know, selling this the stuff that it comes with to vendors, how much that net. Yes. Wait, to, say again, please. Uh, say how again. much the contents of the item, uh, the bed rolls and whatnot. If you sold that to a vendor, how much you could get for that? If you could do that every seven days or after yeah, every, and it you just know, replenishment, you know that. But of... that's one of those nuances where it's like, if you want a penny pinch, it's gonna, it's gonna bite your time. You're gonna, you're there. There's uh, Tim Ferriss calls it no free lunch in the jungle. So it's like you're going to sacrifice something at some point for lunch. They're not going to hand you even if they give you a bag lunch at school in America, somebody's going to pay for it. So it's kind of like it's one of those deals of you might be able to I I wouldn't be mad at the DM if if you wanted to penny pinch and say I'm going to replenish this and sell sell half and replenish more. If you got a swift kick in the ass, I wouldn't be surprised. No, I wouldn't say it wouldn't be unwarranted, but that it's just you, part of that that was my first thought of how how to break it i it, mean it's not a bad way to make a few bucks take the fucking backpack to a local item shop dump everything out sell it all to the to the you know the um oh geez why am i running out of the words fucking trader yeah the trader whatever i mean that that could be a simple mechanic like come up with the amount of gold yeah. that's worth or but if the dm wants to complicate it like he could throw a wrench in that but i, I don't think that 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 could that ought to it's all uh, bootleg you know, upon inspection you, but you know what yeah. i'd like to say is or use it responsibly and fucking enjoy the hell out of it because yeah it's awesome wow it's what it's, a great gift and where do i get one from my real question is what do you think? And I don't mean to. I am assist. I am technically assistant host. So <laughs> I want to ask you all this question: Is what do you think you would have to do to deserve something of a, a gift of this this magnitude? So because be thick, it, it is an advanced <laughs> backpack. Because well, a regular I mean, backpack, I, I would give twenty. US I would give dollars. this to you at like. If it was me and I was a DM, I'd probably end up handing these over to the adventurers by level like four or five. I could see it being a reward for a particularly like difficult side mission. Like I wouldn't say yeah. it's on the main path. I'd say if you went out of your way to help somebody, the party gets it. See, I would you like ever give? Yeah, the party. Would you ever give it to the whole party, or would you? Yeah, give, yeah. Make it rare. I they wanted a bag for the whole party. So they here's said the thing. It's a common item. Here's the thing. I would give it to everybody because I hear I feel Same. like there there is a trap here that you guys are overlooking. Are we? Oh, really? Enlighten so, us. So, like, I feel, and this is just my opinion, 
being that it is so mundane, you will eventually start treating it like a regular foot, like a regular backpack that just holds more stuff. And I can easily see you forgetting that it has its extra dimensional and throwing a bag of holding in there. That's that's definitely an option. Yeah, <laughs> like I yeah. can honestly like you guys just not paying attention going, hey, I have this cool backpack and freeing that little line that if you throw something, two of them into together, it blows up and every, you lose everything. And if so, oh, it, and if okay, so, but it doesn't say it blows up. It just says no. it destroys both items. Well, so which that's, no that's just as bad, though. Let's say, it. yeah, you're going to lose got, all your items. We got, blue, <laughs> we got blue dragon scales in there, dude. You know? Um, yeah. I mean, you've used it for like the past 10 levels and you've got yeah. a bunch of shit like shriveled troll dicks. And yeah, of course. <laughs> well, and if it, and if it was Saul, who was the DM, he'd be like, uh, and, and where and where do you put the bag of holding? Oh. oh yeah oh yeah i just in throw your it, backpack I just, I just throw it in my backpack oh oh you throw it in your backpack yep gone gone, <laughs> gone. yeah <laughs> but because he it doesn't you, say he would, it doesn't say you know that bag he would give you like a are you sure you would like to proceed prompt right yeah but you're not gonna <laughs> fucking remember it's been five years we've been playing this game for five years you don't remember what the fucking backpack you have is you One just know it has a lot of shit in it and, and i actually see this as i see this as a crutch for the dm like you you, you start a camp say you start a campaign and you have like characters who are really into counting arrow uh crossbow bolts and mm -hmm. like going to to the uh towns to collect components for their magic spells and shriveled dicks like, want to know whether or not they have su such and such adventure items in their in their backpacks like i see this as a crutch for storytelling hey you have this backpack it gives you whatever you want so i like that we don't have to talk about going to the store to get fucking uh, i am not gonna lie that's exactly what came to my mind every adventure at level one starts with this you don't kinda, get any starting gear you just get this well there are three day rations in here so let me let me just throw this monkey wrench you could potentially just never have to eat anything ever. I mean, you you have three day rations that oh, no. Well, yeah, it's, there's not enough to live. The time, off. the time, the time doesn't work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But who's to say well, you got that five you pounds? You will, you're gonna die over the course of a week without any food. You got five you pounds of salt. You could just yeah, eat heart disease, especially if you have a druid with good berry. I, I I would like to say that um I appreciate the scenario or the the multiverse world that exists where you get this backpack at level one and we don't discuss the silly things of uh food rations, water, uh do you have enough yeah. food, water, do you have your tent, do you have your basics? Do you have your Maslow's hierarchy of needs? I, <laughs> yeah. I, it's all I, provided I, in this extra dimensional space. Pot pot calling everything uh pot calling kettle black there. Um I didn't torment you guys with that when you were in the underground no, city. You didn't. True. You didn't. And that's true. Like I mean that's a thing a DM could do basically is say, "Hey, we're not going to worry about any of that. Like that's not part of our narrative. Don't worry about picking up your crossbow bolts. Don't worry about getting spell components and lizard dicks for your <laughs> spells or whatever." <laughs> you live Don't worry about your like daily what what is there's, there's some mechanic in the dungeon master's guide about or the player's handbook about how much money you make per day yeah. or something right like, like don't cost worry. living cost of living yeah like 
that's as that's one way to play but we decided you know saul's way of playing or dming or however it evolved did not involve that kind of game i pay taxes in real world i don't want to have to start micromanaging taxes in a fucking fantasy (laughs) yeah yeah i'm with you man i i do love this item i i love every fucking item that comes across our desk here of course but i'm jerking it right now (laughs) how can you make it better slow strokes Make it how better. Make it better. It's got to no. have a downside. I think it has. No, that's, to have that's, that's how you have to make right. it better. Like, how do you it make it better? Another, no, another consequence. I think it should be exactly as it is. And I think it. I think we we harped on it, saying that a level one adventurer could also could just as well um, benefit from this item as a level twenty adventurer. Well, well, you know, you know what? I take. The, I, I'm going to stand by it. A level one adventurer could enjoy this item as much as a level 20 adventurer here you go if all of the items or let's say if greater if more than 50 percent of the items that are constantly in the backpack are are completely out of stock then it it automatically destroys itself Mm. Um, now you're gonna be yeah you gotta be really careful about that then that's a cool caveat but i like it being all positives I really do. I like that being well, a small. It's, I like the it world can't small. be all sunshine and rainbows. I, okay? I tell you, every once in a while, don't you have a, a a positive in life that is just like so unbelievable small? A but staple, like, you a just staple. got finished saying that there's no such thing as all a right. free lunch. Hold no, on, here we go. Here we go. Thing. I will tell you something. Like I have this thing on my keychain called a free. I get a free junior frosty and there is no such thing as a free lunch. But if I go to Wendy's and I spend it's a free frosty and I spend, <laughs> a single dollar, I spend a single dollar, I get a free frosty. So yes, I did pay for lunch. But you know what the consequence is? You're just adding those pounds to your diarrhea. Tummy. It's diarrhea. It's hey. diarrhea. Hey guys, I, love handles. I, I, I have like, an idea for it. Actually hear me out. Exercise. And what diet? if it was an intelligent item? Oh, a sentient item that has so, me. its own personality. So here's I the love thing. That. Oh god. And like if you ever just like let's say it's attached to like the its owner, right? So it's like it kind of it's like, oh, I want to help you. I have all this stuff for you. But if let's say you do that like dump bag where you just sell all the shit, it gets really offended and doesn't give you anything. Yeah. Uh, and, and so oh. I was actually looking this this mechanic oh, like up that. recently I like because I was doing some I research. Hate it. Well, Harry, Harry let, should, let, no, let, that's let, why I love it. I love how much I hate. I hate it, and I love it because, like the the sentient items get three skills, mm-hmm. okay, that you roll, and they also have like special um, qualities about them. Uh, mm. it, 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 and on a table, and like the Dungeon Master's Guide on, you know, like maybe their quality is that they believe that the character that they are bonded with has some sort of destiny. Okay. Mm -hmm. And if the player doesn't act in a way that, you know, furthers that goal, Mm -hmm. then they're at odds and they have to do like uh, uh, contesting charisma checks. Mm -hmm. Well, I have two points. That's really fun. And I think you give the backpack to a player and say, Hey, Roll on these three tables to determine the sentience of your item. Mm. Nice, but, dude. That's exactly my pact with Mir God. He needs me to keep fighting and acting reckless in the game of companions. Mm. And then also, it's like the cloak of uh, Doctor. 
What's the superhero for Marvel? Doctor Strange. Strange. Doctor Strange. Yeah, it's the same thing with Doctor Strange's cloak, mm-hmm. and it has its own ability to behave. Geek. Uh, of its own result. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, like they're perfect. Let's say let's say the the backpack skills are swim, uh, survival. So it could tell tell you what berries are good, what's not good, and I don't know what would be another. Maybe climb. You know, Dude, give him sleight of hand so your bag could oh, steal. I'm stuff. sorry. I I meant what I meant was um th- three abilities. I think it's just like charisma, wisdom, and uh, oh okay. I thought uh, you said three skills. It has two. I'm like that's well, even that's I, that's what I said. I think, but I misspoke. But yeah, I mean, yeah. I, you you know, can you can even homebrew it? Like yeah, if they have these three abilities, you, you know, obviously they're going to be able to do ability checks. I don't yeah. know. If, I don't know if the DM's guide gives you like a whatever. It does. It well, does. They have a proficiency bonus or or whatever. But I mean, you can always make that shit up. Before yeah. I before I have an aneurysm, let me just throw in there. That, oh, <laughs> no, no, not at all. Not at all. This is this He's is a close. me. This is a this is a me problem. Uh, so Harry wouldn't have too much of a problem with a sentient thing because he wouldn't be abusing that function of trying to sell the shit out of it. He's gonna no, treat it like a gentle princess that it is. And he's gonna just use these items like a like a logical adventurer, and he's gonna <laughs> yes, enjoy yes. the fact that he never has to buy them. But, but what, somebody else in this group sigil. may have tried to. But, but he, here's the other thing too: you're allowed. The, to the player is gonna roll on those tables, and the player may roll rolls that end up making this sentient item want you to give everything in it away. And so when it has shit in it for lo- longer than three days or something, it gets mad and it doesn't give you what it. You wants, can't you find know, anyone. Yeah, you can't oh, find it. If you roll, God. you can't find anything or something. You know what I'm saying? Fuck me, dude. So you have to dump shit out. Yeah. Oh, like yeah. you guys, you guys. This is the beauty of role playing, and this is the beauty of D and D. Is that even something as simple as a backpack, it <laughs> leads this whole relation. You could have a relationship with your backpack. It's a fucking jam sport, and we're talking about it for twenty minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! Black and white Jan Sport, and it Jesus. does. It's got what the those dog. other ones that were like for a lifetime backpacks for right. life, like East, oh, yeah. like East Side. East pa- yeah, I East got mine from Walmart. Something, something like that. We were, we're talking about working out. Can you imagine if the backpack just gave us running shoes every time we tried to go get something out of it? It's like every no, you got to go work out. Yeah, yeah. no, <laughs> go run a mile, and I'll give you a fucking ration. You and it's all it. about charisma check. Like it's gonna roll a contesting <laughs> charisma check, and if right. you don't overpower it like right. it's under your con- you're under its control mm-hmm. or intelligence <laughs> or wisdom and it's like you could have a you could have a relationship with a spoon in D and it could be so dynamic and profound that it just changes the whole aspect of the game but this backpack i think has the potential to be a comfort a real creature comfort that your character could cling to i, I think i would I would really take advantage of it because even now, as a barbarian who does unarmored defense, I um I kind of I'm hesitant to like carry things because it feels like unnatural for my character to collect. And I think I can carry things up to like I think seventy five pounds or something like that. And it's like, but I I don't want to push the limits, and I, I feel like I'm getting close. And it's like I would have just this comfortable security that like I have enough rations i have enough water my tent is in my bag uh any little gizmos gadgets potions 
anything that I I I want. When at, I was playing at fingers at fingers reach, it's right. right. It's just comfortable. It's it's real sweet having your locker with you. Everywhere. I like that, dude. I like. So it here, here's my question for you guys. I think are we ready to vote? Yes. Yeah. Fuck yeah. yeah I'm ready. Sigil. Oh, you want me to start? Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, I like it. Uh, I like. I don't really see any downside to having it. It's common. Uh, I'm gonna go with eight fillable holes <laughs> um as it is i think it's not as good without the flaw and i think that we really hit the nail on the head giving it sentience making a sentient item i think that ups the ante so i'm gonna say 8.5 um buttons of my favorite indie band that i would pin all over the backpack which is which band? Point. It would be multiple <laughs> bands. Okay. We don't, okay. To, we don't have to get into that right now. Oh, it would just be like, man. you know, all of those bands that you <laughs> that you never heard of before. Polyphonic Spree. Yeah. <laughs> my my dog has Hitler's brain. <laughs> I wrestled a bear once. Right. Are you just saying sentences or the <laughs> <laughs> those are actually real band names? <laughs> <laughs> I um, ran a I ran a red light on my way home. <laughs> Full band. Yeah, I haven't heard them yet, but I was looking into it. <laughs> actually two bands. Um I I would like to say um because in my heart, in my heart song, I believe in my feelings and my <laughs> space that um this is an item that is meant to possibly possibly just be positive. And I understand that the nuance of dichotomy is beautiful, the balance of most things. But I think some things are just pure. And this is one of those things that is just meant to f make you feel good. It's that mother's milk. There is no downside to mother's milk other than you get sleepy. So this is one of those beautiful things that <laughs> I, I think it's a comfort. It's a comfort zone that you carry on with you. And you're like, where's my backpack? I got my backpack. I sling, I drop my backpack. I think you get you could have a real beautiful relationship with this backpack in the D D world. So I want to give it 10 corona corona vaccines. <laughs> Damn. Oh my God. Coming in. Well, first wow. ever on this podcast, a straight in, a straight dime piece. This is mm. a little comfort. This is a little comfort in the Amazon. This is your this is your bug net in the Amazon. It's not your machete. It's not your boots. It's not, not your other things that get you there. But it's a small, it's a small comfort. Oh shit. It's more than a bug net. That's two cubic feet of fucking space. You could crawl in there. You can have it's so many bugs in there. It's a security well, three minutes. It's dry the socks, bro. It gets dry and socks. hope nobody you know holds it shut. Yeah, <laughs> it's just brandability, baby. It's the feeling you get at night that I feel safe. He's he dropped the dime. So Jesse, what you got? All right, all right. I really like this item. I I think that it does not really necessarily need a downside. I'm I'm with Harry. The only downside I would work into it possibly is that they don't get it right away, and maybe the whole group doesn't get it. Maybe one person gets it. Um, because that's that you know maybe somebody goes out of their way to attain something, right? But 
I'm going to go with a solid nine. I'm going to go with a nine Jan sports. Nice. <laughs> nice. Um, I'm going to agree with Justin. Um, I definitely feel like either giving this early in the adventuring career, I may actually give it to him for level, at level one, but that's because I'm a devious DM. I'm going to wait for you guys to fuck up by putting your bag of holding in there. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that being said, I'm going to, you know what? This is a high rated item. I'm going to go with nine oversight CDs. Ooh. Oh, that makes me so happy. Oversight, baby. Listen, I'm blushing. I think for the first time on DA, I'm blushing. Can I can I throw this out there? All right, real quick. I know we kind of we we've passed on from this, but naturally, come on, point. What if the backpack held every item? Listed in the player's handbook, other like non Jesus Christ weapon items, non weapon items, plate armor, I, well, <laughs> items, non armor, and non weapons, and items that could fit in the backpack. Everlasting like, torch, I don't think I show that level of kindness. I don't think it would change that much because I think the I think the weight, well, I guess it's so I guess the weight accumulated of the stuff would probably be close to what it can. I don't know. I, me personal, I'd rather have room for my weapons for my my the weapons I'm not going to use all the time. Let's talk about our personal relationship with Dungeons and Dragons. If our campaign of Companions Reborn, we could throw the staff in the backpack and just let nobody it, let it linger. Two cubic feet. Do you think that staff could fit in two cubic feet? I don't think that could. Half, but <laughs> and just like that, the whole war was over. <laughs> yeah. one. You destroyed the fucking blue crystal staff. At least they wouldn't be looking for us and giving us the side eye about who are you, where are you going, and you know what do you got with you? Because I don't know why Hagar will be worried about it anyway. You <laughs> left the group. That's about true. That's about true. Hey, but, tune, hey, tune in next week to see what happens to Hagar. Yeah, we will. So with that being said, guys, I love it. Um, and I think good this job. is a good time to wrap it up. Yeah, yeah. good job, host. Um, you, you did a great job, man. So, I mean, I don't know if I'm gonna get furloughed, and the original host is have to step in. Oh, of course. back, of course. But, I'm coming um, for that motherfucking furloughed. spot. <laughs> you don't get paid enough for the furlough. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like a, oh, I'm like a 0.5. Mm, mm. That's dick size, by the way, guys. <laughs> 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 Length or width, Jesse? Obviously, both. both. Well, okay, both. We'll go with both. <laughs> it's, it's a little cube. It's, it's as big as it is long. It's actually it's time. Code. It's actually time based. It's point five seconds. <laughs> well, I guys, it was pleasure. Uh, Do we have uh, any sponsors? Do we have any sponsors? I oh, think shit. we do. I've, I, I think actually we all got a separate email. I think each each one of us individually has an email in front of them that has an ad copy. Mm -hmm. uh, Let me check. I'm going to go with mine right now. Damn. I've got one from Big Floppy Dog Headphones. Shit. Yeah, and that's what you expect from Big Floppy Dog is for them to provide the highest quality of headphones <laughs> that are going to... You think big and floppy, you think headphones. <laughs> I mean, when I think big and floppy, I don't think 
I don't think what most people think. You know what I mean? I don't think small. I don't think me neither. Yeah. Deep. I don't I don't think rigid. I think big and floppy. That's the only way I see things is big like, and floppy. Yeah. So big floppy every day. <laughs> big <laughs> big floppy dog headphones. I'm making breakfast. I want but I want it big and floppy. But <laughs> even when it comes to headphones and sound, I think like I want it to be bigger. I wish it but was I less also, stiff. I, I wish it wasn't hurting yeah. my ear. It's so stiff. Clearly, clearly. And most of the time I want it floppier. Yeah. And absolutely. If that makes me a son of a bitch, I don't I don't know how I feel. Well, Harry did my copy for me, so you guys are all on your own. Well, I got a different <laughs> email. Uh and, and shouts out to Big and Floppy on those earphones because <laughs> they've changed the game in sound. Hashtag but Big Floppy um, Dog for twenty percent off. Yeah, and do you know where they sell big and floppy? Enter the seller lore at checkout. Well, definitely go there because that's where the website is. And check our ads because our sponsors are what obviously sponsor us. And we need those likes. We need those recommend to our friends. Smash that like button. Smash it. Smash it. Into fucking oblivion. Smash it. You grip it and you rip it. But I also want to say, dudes, is that... We wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for Kumquat City and <laughs> the good folks who get behind the desk every day to support us and they wipe those llama butts. I mean, <laughs> I wouldn't have the Kumquats that I have today if it wasn't for the men and women who dress up and go to work through coronavirus and all that shit and fucking pull out the fresh Kumquats. It only takes one bad kumquat to ruin a bunch, but what we have is a good bunch of kumquats. Guys, I will say, I will speak on experience. I had to go pull Harry out of like an elbow deep situation in Kumquat City, <laughs> and it it's it's as he says, Kumquat City is inspirational. They provide nothing but the most quality kumquats and cityscapes that you could ever imagine. And I mean, and I don't, I know we're about to call it, wrap it up, call it a night, but I just want to say like, I don't ever want to forget slappies and what they've done for me and where they've brought me in my life. And, um, through these hard times, slappies peanut butter has got me, my family, my parents are old. They're not the young chickens they once were and slappies it allows gets them to enjoy a sandwich again. Oh my God! Preach I, on it. I, I understand. Our, our, our tried and true sponsors are really reaching out to their community. Slappies, Uncle Sal's, Cough home Medicine, delivery is available. Grandpa Sal's, rather. Home delivery is My uncle. Is it? But Grandpa, it wait, Grandpa Sal's your uncle? I don't mean to be sexist, but Uncle Sal saved my uncle, and oh, then it I saved see. my aunt, it's and like then a, it yeah. saved my aunt. You gotta touch it Jim on. Jim and Nan. Jim and Nan. I mean. Wait, are they? Did they get back together? <gasps> no. I, I, you know, I actually heard they're in a polyamorous relationship. Well, let's not make oh. a big let's not make a big thing out of it. Hold on. But they're doing go. great things for their community right now, yeah, no matter who they're fucking or yeah. having sex with or making love with. Yes. Sorry. No, perfect. All all of the above. I slept with Nancy. <laughs> well, that explains everything, man. I've That's, been stealing yeah. jars for years. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> you're filling jars now oh god hey i filling well, jars with what i don't want to know as long as jim's okay you never want to be you never want to be peed in a jar guy 
I just want to say that to everyone um, who can hear. Everyone oh. with ears. Don't be the guy who pees in a jar. I've been that guy. I've lived that <laughs> life. Don't. This is a PSA between me and you, the listener. Well, don't don't pee in that jar. Don't do it. And listen, if coronavirus has got you down, oh, just remember, all you need is some medical grade alcohol, <laughs> <laughs> some aloe. Yep, and uh, you'll be set. Yeah, you're good. You're good, bro. All right, Saul, please, please glide us to the exit. Glide <laughs> <laughs> us to the exit on a sea of Slappy's peanut butter. Oh yeah. So, <clears throat> gentlemen, it was an honor hosting tonight. I'm your host, Saul, and with me are my good friends. I'm John. I'm Brad. I'm Jesse. Harrison. And we wish you adieu, and we can't wait to see you guys again. You better say my fucking line. You better say it. (laughs) What's your line? You know my line! (laughs) You know my line! Sign off! Sign off! Is there is there a voice in the background? Can you know the fucking line. line. He's like line, line, someone line. This Brad, is where the, the music the music's already going, but yeah, it's going. We're we're being drowned oh, out by the Pull your dick out and salute the flag. If I pull my dick out, you better suck. Lines. You better- <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. That's, in the B-roll. That's a t-shirt. Yeah. If I pull my dick out. If I pull my dick out, you better be fucking sucking. <laughs> I like that. That's a, that's a family reunion t-shirt right there. <laughs> I pull my dick out. Family reunion t-shirt. Pal. What the fuck? You throw a pal on the They know you're serious. You better be sucking this dick, pal. Like, oh shit. I'm I, sorry. That's for real. <laughs> he wants the works. <laughs> just, I'm sorry. I, 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 I'm sorry, guys. I just brought some stuff today. That's all. <laughs>